Welcome back to the Blind Side Rewind. I am one of your hosts, Jeremy Timmerman, joined as always by my buddy Justin Baxley. Justin, how goes it? Good man, good man. It's been a busy, busy week with with work and high school football kicking off around Middle Georgia, and um, you know we've we're, we're back in the swing of things. So obviously that means a little less time for Survivor recording, but we're you know we're we're getting back in, on a roll, kind of with the schedule. So um, you know we're figuring it out. Yeah, um, you know, I, I don't know if I ever talked about this on the air, but I, I used to be a, a high school football reporter. I covered high school football pretty much every Friday night from 2007 to sometime in 2014, and I even continued to cover it sort of for a couple of years after that. So I spent almost a decade covering high school football, and man, there is, especially in the South, the there are two things I miss about covering sports. One was going to the Masters every year. And which is, you know, that that's a big deal. The other was is is high school football. And when you're actually in it, covering high school football, covering those teams, you get to know those kids, you get to know like kind of their backstories and kind of their arcs, the way we talk about it in survivor. When, you know, I had kids, uh, when I worked in South Carolina, I was there for four years. So I had kids that, you know, cause you obviously, uh, most of the time you don't see them as freshmen. So getting to track those kids and see, you know, See him go from well, this kid's like the third cornerback to uh, he's the starting running back by the time he's a senior. That's just so much fun, and I, I miss that a lot. Oh, I mean, it's it's arguably my favorite part of the job. I mean, you get to see kids that like you mentioned that one. Like I, I mean, last year one of our teams went won the state title, um, and their quarterback was actually um, as a freshman and as a sophomore, he was a wide receiver for one of Jake Fromm's little brothers. Um, at the same school, and so Jake from the, the the UGA quarterback, and now with the, now in the NFL, um, and you know getting to see that kid go from you know second third string wide receiver to being the starting quarterback of a state championship team was just really cool. And like you said, it's it's a lot of the same thing with the arcs, man. You you get to learn those arcs, and the coaches have arcs, and um, you know seeing one go from an assistant to winning a state title as a head coach was really cool last year, and. Um, so yeah, man, it's just, it's a fun job. Like, like you said, I mean, if, if I could pick the two things that I love most about being a, a reporter is the masters and, and, and high school football. Those are, those are my, my top two. I mean, I've got to do some other cool stuff. Like I've covered a Super Bowl media day, things like that. But even some of that kind of pales in comparison to some of those high school games, man, that are just, you know, you get to see the talent from that'll be going to the college and the NFL level over the next few years. Yeah, man, it's cool. Oh, hold on. Ooh, what you got? Did you hear that? Did you hear I'm that? Dead. This is a Brewdog, a Hazy Jane. It's a New England style IPA, which is one of the. It's one of the. If you're in the beer beer culture, it's it's one of the 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 it beers right now. You know, it goes through phases. The double IPAs, the the dank IPAs. Right now, New England kind of juicy hazy IPAs are in, and this is one I picked up from Kroger. It's pretty good. Pretty good. I gotta get back in the in the in the in the beer game. Um, I gotta go pick up some new new beers here in the next couple of days. I, I it's been a while since I've got a got a new pack, so I'm gonna go grab a couple couple six packs, and then maybe next time when when we're doing this, I can pop one open. And because uh, that's another one, you know, we've always talked about. You know, we could probably do a, a beer podcast if we really wanted to, but I like it being a little little, little blip in this one here. Because um, like you yeah. said, I mean, we've got a lot of great breweries just in in Georgia alone. Uh, and just a lot of, lot of great, uh, a lot of great, um, beers that we get to drink and get to talk about. But obviously, uh, I think I'd need one after we got home from survivor. If we were on it, uh, <laughs> <tied back laughs> segway, <laughs> segway. Um, I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. So if, if you're just now tuning in, first of all, you, you're, you're going to want to maybe pause and go back to two episodes and get started uh, I, I can't remember what the, the name of that episode is, but uh, oh, it's it's uh, don't bleed in the water if you can't swim. I think is the name of the first one. Yeah. So, yeah. So we're we're doing blood versus water season twenty seven, right? Yeah, twenty seven. Yep. And um, we are right now. We when we left you off, we had just finished episode three. This time we pick up with episode four, and it comes out hot because we get to the redemption island duel. And it's Candace, um, 
Marissa, and they have been joined by John, Candace's husband, who has been voted off by Brad. And we talked last time, and I – I love when when we accidentally stumble across a a great theme, and we're gonna we're gonna you're gonna see how we accidentally kind of uh, uh, through a little spoiler for the next episode. And I didn't know that was coming at the very least. So right. Brad had Brad had gotten John out. Um, John and Candace look like an absolute power couple in that in that redemption uh, redemption duel, and they take out Marissa. Uh, it was one where there was a rope twisted through a ladder, and they got the key out. It was a very survivor thing on the puzzle at the end. Um, John wins first, Candace second, Marissa. She's done. They give the clue to Monica, who burns it in the fire after Brad urges her to do it. Um, there's talking, talking, talking. And we start to see things shift, and we talked about this in our last episode, how um, – the other guys in that alliance, Hayden and Vetus and Caleb, especially Caleb, noticed that Brad didn't really have any qualms about getting rid of one of their number. It went from us five, five guys, five guys, we can get in the merge, five guys, to, well, hold on, maybe we vote out John. And they noticed that, um, especially especially Caleb, because Colton had quit. And so he didn't have anybody on the other side. So at the immunity challenge, uh, which is a very survivory challenge. Uh, there's a boat. There's a puzzle. There's a flag. Uh, the returners win, as is has come to be expected. But when they go to tribal council, Brad does. Brad has planted seeds with the girls that we're going to vote for Caleb. And um, at tribal council, Brad does what he's done all along, and he plants that seed one time too many. That. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, you know, maybe voting somebody out that doesn't have somebody on the other side, maybe that's um, maybe that that's the thing you do here. Well, Caleb immediately reacts because he's the only person on that tribe that doesn't have somebody on the other side. All of the vote outs have been uh, from returners. Colton quit from the other side, so Caleb knows this is about me. Right. And the game, the game turns for Brad on that because Caleb immediately says, "I'm voting for Brad." Well, yeah, I mean, and, and we see it at camp, but then we really see it at tribal council, where you know Jeff poses a question about, like, do you, Brad? I mean, do you ever think about, um, you know, when you get ready to, to vote somebody out at this point, do you start looking at who who you have on the other side and think, well, you know, maybe we could join together we get over there with the loved ones and we've got a bigger alliance at that point and does having that disadvantage and not having a loved one on the other side hurt some other folks and you're right he opens his big mouth a little bit too much and and starts talking about it and he 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 talks about caleb being the like almost almost as if caleb's a target but if you know what they've talked about at camp is that brad has told um sierra and Katie, whichever one was the target, I think it was Sierra at that point. I can't really remember, but he had decided with one of the girls and basically said that person was going home, right? He, well, he, he did. Somebody too. Like he had to say, hey, we're going we're gonna to send, we're sending Caleb home because, you know, Caleb doesn't have a loved one on the other side, which is a great story to tell somebody to make sure that if somehow they've lucked into an idol, like you tell them that to make them feel safe so they don't play their idol, right? Like you don't go up to them or, and you don't want them campaigning either. So you don't want them to go, you don't want to walk up and be like, Hey Sierra, just going to let you know, Hey, we're all voting for you. You're going home tonight. You don't want to give somebody that time to campaign. So Brad continues that kind of like selling of that story. So, cause you can't come out and be like, yeah, well I told these two that I was telling, you know, that we we're going to vote Caleb out because he didn't have a loved one. But in reality, that really doesn't matter to me. I'm actually voting for her. Like, he can't do that. So he continues that message. But Caleb doesn't like it. Caleb blows up the whole game at that point and says, I'm voting for Brad because I know he's talking about me, and I don't know for sure that he's not telling the truth. For you, I mean, you've talked about wanting to go on Survivor quite a few times, and um, and even I've thought about it, you know, if I were to ever you know, get in shape and get ready to go out there. It'd be a lot mentally. I don't know how I'd handle it. But... <sighs> In thinking as a player, 
at what point do you blow up a game like that um, and kind of become a wild card, so to, so to speak, and basically say, like, I'm doing this. I'm voting for that person, even though me and my lines have already, like, because you're also burning two other people in this instant, Caleb is, because he's burning Hayden and Vetus if they don't go with what he says. Like, the girls and Caleb have now become the dominant alliance over those two. So what do you do yeah. in that situation, Jeremy, of, of like, because now if I'm Caleb, I, like, if I'm Hayden and, and Vetus, I'm trying to get in good with, with Caleb again, or I'm trying to get in good with those girls and saying, look, he, he blew up everybody's game by doing that. Like, we need to well, get I, 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 I don't know that he did, though, because... Hayden and Vetus, and Caleb has seen this, and, and it really worked out. I don't even know if I can tell you, if I was in Caleb's position, I think he played it really well. Because by right. what he knows, he can't trust Brad. And Brad, this is where Brad messed up at the last vote. Because it's like we said last week, he showed them, and, and, and I reacted exactly as I would if I was a player. Because my reaction when he voted out John, my reaction as a player, if I'm in Caleb's spot or Hayden's spot or Vetus's spot is, hold on. If he'll do this to John, who was his right-hand man, we saw them go off together. John only told Brad about his idol. He didn't tell us. He didn't tell us where the clues were. He told Brad. Brad, was, they were tight. If he would do that to John, he'd do it to me. And we saw that in, uh, in confessionals with all of them. That that was kind of an eye opener for all of them, and so Caleb, I think rightly, even though the vote ends up going, you know, initially it goes three three between Sierra and Brad. Uh, the two girls and Caleb vote for Brad. The three guys vote for Sierra. I I really see a scenario where I don't think that Caleb could be comfortable that. Um, because the girls were, would have voted Caleb if Brad had, if Caleb had not said I'm voting Brad, those girls were going to vote Caleb, and I don't think he could be confident that Brad wouldn't vote for him, and he couldn't be confident that either Vetus or Hayden weren't going to vote with Brad if Brad was voting for him. So Caleb looks at it and goes, "Okay, I can solve this because if I can get Brad out, I haven't messed up Vetus and Col- and Hayden because we've already talked about the fact that we know we can't trust Brad." Right. I can spend that. And even if we haven't had that discussion, if I'm in Caleb's shoes, I feel confident that I can say, look, fellas, he was talking about me this time. I know that. You know that. It could have been either of you at any time. And he's got the girls in his pocket already because he helped save them. So really, yeah. I think this is a lower risk move. I think it's riskier to just assume that Brad is telling you the truth because he might be telling you the truth this time. But you know you're not one of his preferred allies. Right. You know, even if he doesn't vote you out this time, you know you can't help him the way Vetus can and Hayden can and those two girls can. So even if this time you're not his target, you're going to be his target next vote or after the merge. You're not going to be one of his favorite allies. So you go from the bottom to not necessarily the top but the middle, which is better. He's the middle. He's the glue. He, he has ties to the girls, and he has ties to the – it, it kind of reminds me of, of Adam at a particular point in uh, Millennials versus Gen X. When whichever way he goes becomes the power alliance, or if they merge, that's the other thing that you have to think about. There's After this vote, there's five left on this tribe. There's six or seven left on the other tribe. At some, at, at some point very soon, they're going to merge, and the whole game yeah. changes again anyway. Um. So really, I feel like it was the smartest move, and I, in a way, as risky as it looked, because you don't see it a lot where somebody just sits at tribal and goes, and not somebody who's who's brash like Tony or 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 big mouth like Brad. Caleb's been pretty reserved, and he just goes, "Yeah, I'm voting for Brad. That's what I'm going to do. So you guys can do what you want, but I'm voting for Brad." It's yeah. so outlandish, but really, when you sit back and look at it, it was kind of the safe, smart play. I think. Yeah, I don't. I kind of go both ways on this, in the sense that, like, if you vote Brad out at this point, you are risking losing another challenge, and then Vetus and Hayden getting because I mean they've got as good a relationship with that, those girls as, as as Caleb does, and you just never know when somebody's going to really repay you for 
saving them one time. Like may, maybe they maybe they 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 honor it and, and help you out the next time, or maybe they send you packing because now you become the like you said, it rarely happens, and when it does happen, it almost puts a target on your back where you're the wild card guy that can kind of blow up at any time. Like especially somebody that goes from super super reserve, like you're saying with Caleb to all of a sudden he's blowing up this big power move, the first one really of the season, where you're like, oh, crap. Like, this guy's making big, big moves this early. Like, I want to get him out. Like, if, if it's me, because if, I, if not, I'm going to see him slowly slide through this game, and he's going to have a couple big moves here and there. Like, he'll have, when he gets down to final trouble, maybe he's got a, a, a knockout of, of Brad Culpepper. Um, he might have a, a, a Hayden knockout at this point. Uh, at some point, you got to get Tyson out. Maybe he engineers that. Like, at some point, those moves start to stack up. And that's the first domino is him getting Brad out. You just never know. And to me, like, he goes from this quiet, reserved player to, like, this hard, like, almost this hard-nosed dude that's like, yep, we're going with Brad this time. If you don't want to go with me, that's fine. That's who we're going with, and especially when you look at how the vote turned out, Brad didn't turn on him. You know, Hayden and Vetus didn't turn on him. They went with with their initial vote of Sierra, and I think that's probably what Brad was going to do regardless. And maybe I just I just wonder if Brad overthought it at that point because I wonder if he started floundering. I don't think so. I think Brad. I think Brad was always going to go with Sierra because I think he was tired of losing the puzzle challenges. If we're being honest. Like he well, was tired think of getting yeah. the puzzle, and I, like maybe he was tired of getting. I think he was tired of getting the lead, and then getting to the puzzle and having one this one person beg to be on the puzzle and then mess up both times. Yeah, like, that that that's yeah, that's definitely a thought. That's definitely. But think about it this way: Brad could have come in planning to vote for Caleb with the two girls, and knowing that Caleb is going to vote for Sierra and RS and V. No, that, that wouldn't work. That wouldn't work. Yeah, I guess you're right. I, w- I guess I was thinking that there was a chance that Brad was thinking, all right, worst case scenario, they tie, and I can convince the guys to vote for Caleb with me because we need we need that alliance. Or... Right. And then when Caleb announces he's voting for Brad, Brad goes, hold on. I've got to vote with – because Caleb – I needed Caleb to vote for Sierra so that worst-case scenario, there's a tie. But if he's voting for me and these girls are voting for me, now I have to vote for Sierra to make sure there's a tie. You see what I'm saying? Like maybe there's a chance, but yeah. Yeah, I think he was always voting Sierra. I I don't think he ever came into that tribal thinking, let me vote with Caleb. Let me vote Caleb out. Which, I, I don't think Caleb was ever the plan because they didn't like. I think if the plan had changed from Caleb to Sierra, him, Aris, uh, or him and Vetus and Hayden would have had to talk it out, kind of like a live tribal where you're like, all right, hey, we're switching the vote. We're not going for Caleb anymore. We got to take Sierra out. And I wonder too, though, I, I really feel like this is an example, and you touched on it those final tribal, the big, big moves on your resume. You see the difference in going big and and being a big player at Tribal Council for a purpose and for without a purpose, and how those things different, how those things have different results. Brad had no reason. What reason did he have when Jeff asked him that question? What reason did he have to make anyone think he was voting for Caleb? Well, other than like you've got to, you almost have to diplomatically give that answer so that the girls will stick with their vote of Caleb. Like you've got to make sure the girls stay with Caleb because then it becomes a situation where as long as the girls vote, that's two votes for, for, for Caleb. But we know we've got four votes going on Sierra now. And like that's all that matters. But, and if right, Brad, but- you don't want two votes thrown at Brad because then all it takes is that one vote coming from Caleb to flip everything right but you created that scenario if he just says well Well, yeah that's a that's a consideration at some point but really we've got to do what's best what 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 keeps our our tribe the strongest right now 
and we've got to vote that way. If he says that, it doesn't matter what those two girls do because all four of the guys are going to vote for the girls. He not, created not the situation. Like, I think at that point, if I'm Sierra, I'm standing up and saying, Brad, you just told me you were voting Caleb out for this very reason. Why are you lying at tribal? Well, then all of a sudden it looks like, oh, crap. Well, then, I mean, the same thing can still have, it can still blow up in your face regardless of how you answer that question, I think. I think that it's a situation where you've got to hold those lines to make sure the girls vote the way that you want them to vote. And you still win that four two, where there is no three three situation. Well, like, but he, he, already, he comes he, out and just says and says that answer the way you said it. Those girls are going to get suspicious, suspicious, and be like, Hayden, uh, Vetus, Caleb, y'all are getting played. This guy is telling us that he wants to vote Caleb out, but in this answer, he's telling us he's telling y'all something different. Do you trust him? And then all of a sudden, but. Caleb doesn't even give 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 that chance because Caleb blows it up. He's like, "Well, that sounds like it's about me." But a lot of that goes back to a newbie versus a versus a returner. I think a returner in that situation would have been like, "Well, I hope you're not talking about me." But you know, or, or a returner might have been a little bit more, you know, strategic in how they handled it. Uh, Caleb didn't handle it strategically at all. He just said, "I'm voting for Brad." Like it was very. It's a very rash decision that I think could hurt him long run. Well, and, and I think, see, I, it's really tough to play it out in your head because the to me, the way Brad laid this out, the way Brad set this up, lend itself well to the way I described it potentially working because he didn't make any secret with his guys that he had gone to Sierra and told her. Listen, we're going to vote for Caleb. Uh, yada, yada, yada. Will you vote with me? He came straight to the guys and said, here's what I told the girls. I told them I was voting Caleb. I'm not voting Caleb. I'm not doing that. I'm voting. We're voting for Sierra just like the plan. So that then when Sierra stood up like you described, there's no secret there. Brad told them that's what he told. So I don't know how Brad – now, this is all uh, – three-dimensional chess here that I don't know that Brad would have been smart enough to do, quite frankly. But I don't know if Brad could have possibly not screwed up that situation because the way to screw up that situation, the way to handle that situation is very similar to the way Jay handled Michaela's vote out. If if he goes the route of saying, well, Jeff, you know, that does that, that thought has obviously crossed all of our minds, but at the same time, we've got to keep our tribe strong and we got to vote that way. Uh, we got to consider that as well. If Sierra does stand up, you say, "Yes, I did tell you that," but things change. Yeah, and that's the Brad, end of it. Yeah, I just don't know that Brad's a good enough player to do that. Brad's right, and I, at Sierra, and he like he doesn't have the tact to handle the situation that way. So you almost like you just have to trust that your guys are gonna, you know, you just have to trust that that, that Caleb's not gonna get offended by you continuing to play that out when I, and I could be wrong. Maybe they sh- didn't tell Caleb this, but I felt like they told Caleb they were going to tell the girls that they were writing his name down to get them to vote in one direction and make sure that they voted his direction in that direction. And I do think it, 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 you're right. It comes down to it being a newbie tribe because I think Caleb knew that they had been told that, but when Brad, and again, it goes back to the John move. When Brad said what he said at Tribal Council, I think Caleb saw the writing on the wall. Maybe I don't get voted off now, but here shortly, they're going to vote me off if, if, if we let Brad drive, drive the boat. They're going to do it. I'm going to be gone before we hit the merge if, we let, if I let Brad drive the boat. And that's why he said, nope, Brad's going to go. And he knew from those conversations with Hayden and Vetus, and especially with the girls, he knew that he was going to get at least the votes he needed to tie it up. So after that, we see um, Brad is heading over to an awkward exchange on uh, Redemption Island. It just it illustrates what you were saying. Brad is just – he doesn't talk good, for lack of a better word, because he comes huh. in. He wakes, the, he wakes up this husband and wife who are cuddling on their own in Redemption Island, and – he wakes them up to be like, hey, you know, um, now that I'm over here, um, no hard feelings, right? 
And you can just read <laughs> Candace's face like, why did you wake me up to do this? I don't want to – I'm like, I'm glad that you got voted out, but I don't want to see you right now. I was sleeping. Leave me alone. Yeah, I mean, it was it was awkward's a really good word for this. Like that, that's exactly what it was. It was super awkward. He like slowly them like as if they're like there's something wrong with them. Like he's just like, yeah. hey, 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 hey. Um, I, I don't want to get cooties or anything, but like, I just want y'all to know, like, I'm really sorry about what happened with the whole you and me getting you, your husband voted out, and I know you said. Um, you know, you, you th- flip me the bird, but like, I'm not upset that you flipped me the bird. I understand. Like, dude, just shut up. Go sit, sit, sit in a corner somewhere, beat one of them tomorrow at Redemption Island and make this a lot less awkward or lose yeah. and go home. Like that, that's your two options. Don't even try to talk to these two people. Like, and I do, I, like- I, I did just have the thought, right? Like we're watching on x-ray vision or night vision i guess x-ray vision is not what we're watching on i I could edit that out but i'm gonna leave that right in x-ray vision (laughs) is not what we're watching on we're watching on night vision right brad it was not as clear and i do wonder if he got all the way to the shelter and then realized oh i don't know what they're doing right now like this could be something even more awkward than just me showing up with two people who hate my guts i could be showing up in the middle of God knows what, because this is a husband and wife that are alone on an island and don't know when I'm coming. Um, I, I wonder how much of that was, okay, um, I can see that this is where they are. They need to know that I'm here, but what are they doing right now? I wonder if that played into his mind as he was approaching that shelter, and it didn't even hit him until right at that moment when he got there that, oh, crap, I can't see. You know, like, I wonder if, I wonder if that's what happened. But yeah, the conversation was just one of those that was like, I just want this to end. This is so awkward because Brad is just, and I'm really sorry. Um, but you know, hey, it's it's a game, right? But uh, dude, just shut up, go to sleep, and leave these two people yeah, alone. Just, just just leave them alone. Like it, it we we don't need all this. And like, I don't feel sorry for Brad. Like he he made that bed by by, by stabbing John in the back, and like you mentioned before, that tribal council, like he. That that really is the ultimate thing that probably led to Caleb flipping when he probably would, would normally would not have. Um, oh no! If, if Brad, if if they vote out Katie, first of all, they might have won the next challenge. Who knows? Or true. Sierra, if they if they vote, they might not have gone to tribal. And at the very least, they would have been five strong, sent a girl home, and been done. Well, that's the thing. Like you vote if you if if John had been in the game now, we know how good he is at puzzles. And you and I talked about this, you know, while we were talking, like. Unless Sierra and Katie were just really, really bad at swimming, I, I think you throw one of them in the boat and let them literally do nothing, um, and let well, John handle the puzzle by itself because he's clearly he's clearly good at them. And like, well, the, the, and, but it's like I said though, the, the issue with John is he's bigger even than Brad is. Like he's second to Hayden as far as size and strength, at least from appearance' right. sake. So if you put him on puzzles. I, especially on like the, the, the boat rowing ones, I, I do see why you would put John, but yeah, he's so stinking good at puzzles. I feel like well, he should have said, but he's not assertive. That, that right. that's what, that's what. Take your place. Like he's right. not assertive or, at all. If he had been assertive in the challenge and like, Hey, like, let me do the puzzle. Like I'm, I'm pretty confident in this. And the thing is, yeah. is like, if you go back and watch those challenges, like he does some things on the boat, but if you really watch it, like Brad, you, you mentioned this while I watched it, maybe Brad, either Brad is really good in these challenges or Brad does a really good job of making you think he's good at the challenges. Cause it's he was the ladder in the water. He was jumping in the water every time to go get the, the little crates. And yeah, it's the ladder really because in that, yeah, in that Hayden specific challenge, Hayden dives in like a freaking fish, goes down to the bottom, unties a buoy, boom, he's done, unties the crate, boom, he's done. And then from then on, Culpet Brad does it, but Brad jumps in like a, like a Weimaraner and flops down on his belly and he dives down. Like Hayden was so much faster in the water, but I think that's Brad's thing. He needs every, 
he knew that what he needed everyone to think was, I am the biggest asset you have in physical challenges. I'm the one who cuts down the, I'm the one who chops the wood. I'm the one who builds the fire. I'm the one who catches fish. I'm the one who does all, all the, the alpha male physical elements of the challenge. I do all of that. You need me for that. When Hayden, I mean, he was, because it caught my eye when Hayden dove in. I'm like, dang, what does this dude do for a living? He looks like a fish down there. So yeah, it was definitely the latter. Right, but the thing is, if you've got a guy like that that's going to do that, John did, never never got in the water the whole time during that whole thing. And look, you can say he, you needed him to row, no. but heck, man, if you got mm. as long as you got Culpepper and Hayden, you should be fine, right? Like that, like those two up there and letting letting John handle the puzzle is the right move. You split the you split the, yeah. the, the sides of that. If you didn't have those two guys that were that good, like and even Culpepper belly flopping in like he still got those pretty quick he was quicker than what the other tribe had because the other tribe had laura b uh laura b was oh, the main sure. diver on the other team <laughs> and so when you consider what they had like diving in on the other side brad's quicker than them and so like my thought process is if brad and hayden can just handle the physical part of it you can you can almost say because they've got the three they've got three dudes and then they got the two girls. Well, one of those girls will be out there with John doing the puzzle, and the other three are going to sit there and handle the boat part, or the other four can handle the boat part. Like, I'm putting John on puzzle. And that's the thing. Yeah. You're right. He should have been more assertive. He should have said, hey, I, I'm really good at these puzzles. You should let me do it. And let, like, because they were dominating the physical part of both of the boat challenges, right? And John really wasn't doing a ton. Like, and I, I and at least at, at least one that. of those, at least one of those, John was at least one of those. There was a third person on the puzzles. It was Caleb at least once. Caleb was on the puzzle right. with the two girls, and the that could have easily been John. And you could have the drop off from John to Caleb as far as rowing a boat is not near as drastic as the drop from John to Sierra. So just replace, flip Caleb and John and put John on the puzzle. They didn't do that. So you end up on Redemption Island. And this one was fun because it was Brad, John, and Candace mm-hmm. in the the Redemption Island uh, challenge. And it was the, 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 this one was really super complicated. And it was so complicated that Jeff kept having to explain the, or felt the need to continue to explain what was going on because they had to take apart a crate Use the the pieces to the crate to build a bridge, and then use some of the pieces to the bridge to complete a puzzle, but not all the pieces to the bridge. So, like these pieces just kept moving across the the thing. It was kind of cool to watch. But um, John wins quickly, and then you mentioned this. This caught your eye. The entire returners team is cheering for Brad instead of Candace, who would have been who was originally on their tribe. Mm-hmm. And that was just so interesting to me. Well, I think it goes two ways. One, it shows your loyalty to Monica, that you're cheering for the, for her loved one, right? The other two lo- people that are in this competition, they're each other's loved ones, so you're not going to hurt anybody that's in the game by cheering loudly for Brad Culpepper at this point, right? Unless Candace fights her way back in the game, which she's already pissed at all of you because you voted her out and she's made it very clear that she's pissed at all of you because you voted her out because she said something to Monica about her be- voting her out the first time. I'm like she, she yeah. doesn't feel sorry for these people and basically tells them, look, your husband voted my husband out. And on top of that, you voted me out. So I don't like you. And so it was very easy, I think, for that other tribe to be like, well, you know, if Brad gets knocked out here. We rec- I think they recognize two things. If if Brad gets knocked out, Monica's going to look at all of us and be like, "Well, dang, you guys were so supportive. You know, y'all cheered him on the whole time. I really appreciate that. Um, you know, I don't have him anymore, and that you know that's going to be tough. But um, man, it, I, you know, I'm I'm really struggling with it. And so then, like on the on the other side of it, if Brad does win you still haven't pissed off anybody in the game because right. th- that other person, like Candace, if she goes home, 
her loved one is still on redemption, and there's a chance he's not going to get back in the game. So you're not pissing anybody off that's in the game by cheering for Brad. Right. So it made a lot of sense, and I think that the two people that benefited the most from this, or maybe it's just the one. I'm, I'm leaning towards the two, though is Tyson and Jervis. They recognize that not only do they not have loved ones on the other side because they're at redemption, like, you know, certain other folks, or, you know, they also recognize they're not like Caleb, who has lost somebody to quitting. They've lost somebody who's gotten beaten, beaten at redemption um, by Candace and, and John. Uh, well, one of them did, but the other, you know what I mean? Um they recognize they no longer have loved ones at all in the game, that they can't possibly get back in the game. And so if Monica loses her loved one, if, if Brad goes home, Monica needs that alliance now more than ever. And so you almost are getting a loved one like, like the blood versus water thing becomes very prominent for that group. If, if, if the blood gets taken out, because at that point, now the three the three waters, so to speak, um, who are just have just met recently, don't know each other well, but now they're in a tribe with a bunch of folks that have their people still in the game versus they don't have anybody. So they've got to have a stronger bond at that point to make sure that they don't get taken out because now they are easy votes. Like Tyson and Jervis are easy votes now because, I, I mean, I, who am I saying? Like I'm not saving it because me and Tyson can link up, link up with his loved one at the merge. Like I'm, I'm wanting, I'd like, as soon as Tyson becomes expendable, which can be very soon, um, in terms of like, if you know, a merge is coming, this is the time to take Tyson out if you can, because yeah, he's and, a beast once you get into, into the singles competitions. Well, and this is where I wonder, and, and, you know, it, we only see the, the once so far, um, uh, we haven't gotten to it yet where, where, um, the, um, the returners actually go to tribal council. But I wonder if Tyson's shoulder injury helps him out here. Because if he is somebody who is <clears throat> a, a monster in challenges and he's at his full physical strength, I wonder if people start thinking, well, we're getting close to a merge. You know, this would be the time to take him out because he is the biggest physical threat. Unless I'm missing somebody, he's the biggest physical threat among the returners at this point. Um, cause, cause Rupert's gone. Right. So and I do want, and, and he's, uh, he's good at puzzles. He's smart. You know, he is a to- the total package when it comes to what you're looking for in an individual immunity set- setting, but he's got that shoulder injury. And so I wonder right. if maybe if he's full strength and then, then they lose a, a really fun challenge. It was, they, they slide down and they get a ring that's on the ground at the end of the slide, and they have to throw the ring onto this little post. Um, the slide really serves no function other than it's just fun to watch these people slide uh, off of this really fast slide. I mean, it was fast. And watching Hayden like come up like a, like a lion and grab that ring, I mean, I was, ha- I was having fun watching these people do this, this challenge. But the, the newbies win. That's their first time winning. And I wonder if the newbies had won, and Tyson was at full strength, if maybe the light bulb goes off with people on the returner drive and they go, hold on, guys. Tyson is somebody I don't want to face in individual immunity, and we have a chance to get rid of him now. But because his shoulders hurt, that never crosses anybody's mind. Yeah. I just I mean, I, it, at, at what point does Tyson realize this, too? Like, at what point is Tyson like, my shoulder is fine. Like I, I'm actually fine now, but if, and especially somebody that's played twice and has gotten taken out for the same reason, basically at this point, like he knows the reason that he, he has gotten taken out of that game is because of how big of a physical threat he is. Right. Like in token and because teams, he was a, and because he was a jerk in token cheeks, he was a jerk, but at the same time, like there were other reasons to take him out aside from just him being a jerk. He was also, yeah, he, he a won lot the, of immunity. I think he won the first two individual immunities, right? And then they took and him out when one he of them, and one of them, he didn't even get the benefit from because somebody got medic, med, medically evacuated, right? Right, and then he gets voted out like the very next one. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, 
if it, and yes, I mean, a large part of it was he was a jerk, but there was also a part of it where it didn't have anything to do with him being a jerk. It was he was the biggest physical threat. And like, even if Tyson did get voted out for being a jerk at the time, I don't know if jerk Tyson is going to think <laughs> think through that and say, yeah, they voted me out because I was a jerk. In reality, I think Tyson's probably thinking they voted me out because I won two two immunities too quickly. And so, like, being a veteran and understanding that, I think that it, it equips Tyson to look at the situation and say, they watched me pop my shoulder out. The doctor said that my shoulder was messed up, that, you know, there might be a tear in it, but that I can continue to play, but I'll be, you know, at, at a certain level of strength. If I milk this long enough, people might let me skirt by in these immunity challenges, and I never have to win one. I mean, you look at it, and at this point, the thing that has changed from when when token teams happens to now is you look at a, at a winner like Tony. Tony won exactly how many immunity challenges, Jeremy, in his first season? Zero. He won zero. zero. He won zero. zero. So, right. And so if you're Tyson, you think to yourself, I don't have to win immunity. If I'm good on the social side, People like me. I don't have a loved one, so maybe they don't feel the need to take me out because it's not like I can link up with somebody. That loved one part can go both ways, right? They can either look yeah. at you as a target as an easy out, or they can look at you as somebody and say, well, he can't link up with somebody. Like you, you for, for a lot of the time, they were talking about, like, I'm worried about leaving Monica in the game if Brad is still on the other side because I don't want them to get together because it's clear how close they are. Like, there were some discussions there up until the point when Brad got put on redemption, they were worried about Monica. Like as soon as, as soon as they hit a merge that Monica was going to flip and Brad and Monica and whoever Brad had would become the dominant alliance. That was a legitimate worry for folks like Tyson. And so when you start thinking all those things through, maybe at a certain point, Tyson's like, I need to milk the shoulder injury because they may leave me around a little longer than they should. And I don't have to win immunity because Tony's proved that at this point. Like I don't have to win an individual immunity to win this game. Tony was after this, right? Was it? Oh yeah, I guess it was. It's 28, right? I don't know why I thought. But I mean, other people have, yeah, other people have done it. It's still a valid point, but yeah, Tony was after this, but yeah, I was thinking Tyson or 28. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Tyson had also figured out that, much like Rupert on, similar to Rupert on Redemption, Tyson had figured out that like if I'm hurt, I don't have to do things around camp. If I'm hurt, I don't have to go get water. I don't have to go do these things, and then I can save my energy for uh, challenges when it actually matters. So he he figured out multiple ways. And one thing that I've noticed about Tyson, and this is your thing, Arcs, you put me on this. What I've noticed about Tyson, and I know there's a season in between there, but from token chains to now, Tyson is still the butthole that we enjoyed watching in token chains in confessionals. He still says these hilarious, rude, sarcastic things in confessionals, but he doesn't say them to his castmates as much. It, when he's talking to his castmates, he's supportive. He's, hey, man, yeah, this is great. Let's do this. Yeah, we're going to work together. This is going to be great. You know, he's he's even when he's driving the boat on the vote, they, they send out uh, – they end up voting out Laura M., Sierra's mom. Mm-hmm. They end up sending her to redemption. Even when he's talking about that, it's not a big aggressive – the way he went after the original Sierra in token chains. It's just a business decision. It's this is the right move. Um we think that she's good on redemption, so she can get John out. You know, it's a very calculated move. It's not. Um, it he he doesn't he doesn't make enemies in this season so far, and and that was something he was good at in um, token chains because there were people like JT that that wanted to get him out in token chains because he was winning individual immunity, but there were also a lot of people that you know. JT was able to get people JT and I guess coach at the time, right? Were able to yeah. get people to vote Tyson off more easily because they didn't like him. He was a butthole. So he is not making enemies at all right now. And that is such a big 180 from the way he was in his first season. 
Right. And well, and I think that even in 20, and maybe 20 is the better example because I clearly got the seasons mixed up with Tony. But the season 20, which he was on, somebody that didn't win an entire immunity the whole season won. Um, and I think you probably already know who it was. And she'd done yeah. it twice now. She, 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 she had won twice without winning an individual immunity. So uh, he knows at this point in the game as Survivor that the archetypes that win a ton of, of, of immunity challenges typically don't end up coming home with the prize. It's the ones that, like you're saying, where he's figured it out, where like he can be the sarcastic butthole in the, the confessionals, but he can be that the, the, the team player in tribe. And especially when it comes to the folks that like are missing their loved ones that are not long, no longer in the game, that you don't even get to see him at redemption anymore like in the arena like like when they come in there they at least get to see that their loved one's okay that kind of thing they don't have that anymore and so he does a really good job of like bonding with jervis um and they become kind of like like brothers almost where you know it's it's starting to look like they're gonna form this tight knit two-man run similar to what he got to see happen in uh token chains man like he's playing off of experience like he saw what a two-man group can do together in token chains with with fishback and uh jt and he also saw adding a third in uh taj made all the world a difference for that little group of folks don't think he's not thinking that with monica yeah because the thing about it is um you mentioned folks not winning a lot of the, the folks that win a lot of individual individual immunity not doing very well. If you go back to token chains, Tyson won those first two individual immunities and then got voted out mm-hmm. immediately after that. Mm-hmm. But what we remember about JT is that he was a challenge beast, but his tribe didn't win. They lost of the immunity challenges. They won a lot of reward challenges. But his tribe lost one, two, three, four. Four of the six immunity challenges, JT's <laughs> tribe lost. He was he was a monster in those challenges, which keeps him on the island because even when his you tribe goes to – You can't – you know, he's, he, he's a one-man army. He lost a tooth and kept going. You know, like this is – he's a monster. But then JT didn't win on the individual immunity until the sixth time. By the time anybody had a chance to realize that he was a threat to win individual immunity, they never got a chance to vote him out again. Because he didn't right. win one until uh, they were down to um, three, no, two, three, four, five. He didn't win one until they were down to final five. When it and was Coach, Taj, Aaron, Steven, and JT. He didn't win one until it was down to those five. And then he won the last three, and nobody got a chance to vote him out. So even JT is probably one of the best examples of winners who were a challenge monster. Yes. And he didn't didn't win those early immunity challenges the way Tyson did in Token Chains. Tyson won the first two and got voted out. Um, The other thing is you pointed out um, Tyson and Jervis, and I love the Coconut Bandit scene. Because it's so yeah. wholesome. Because, yeah, they're, they're going up. They're knocking down these coconuts. They're drilling them open when nobody knows that they're doing it. They're finding ways to drill the coconuts in different ways so that it won't be obvious that somebody did it. Right. But, like, it's not like, it's not like there aren't more coconuts on the island. You know, they're, they're not pulling a tailor and sneaking out and uh, digging up the supplies and eating the supply. You know, they're not doing all those things. There's still plenty more coconuts on the island. It's just kind of this fun, silly bonding thing between Tyson and Jervis where they get a little bit of extra coconut water and a coconut milk. And it was just, I, I enjoyed that scene. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, we, we both kind of commented as soon as that happened about how funny that was between those two. And I think it, it does that does a great job of just illustrating how close the two of them have gotten and almost kind of, cause we haven't seen a ton of that tribe because Brad's tribe has really dominated the, the portion of the TV cause they're always going to tribal. 
And so like the, we, you know, we get, we get glimpses here and there of that other tribe. And so it was nice to see the, the two of them get that moment where you're like, Oh, those, 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 they've really gotten close, even though we haven't gotten to really see that bonding a ton, except for like, that was the best example of how much they had bonded. And I think that's becoming a, a theme of the season is almost like the, like, you know, they say blood is thicker than water, but then there's some like you, know, you can't choose family, and like some people prefer their friends to their family at a certain point. And I'm not saying that they prefer you know each other to their family, but in a game like this, maybe it is better for Tyson to have a Jervis than to have a Rachel. Maybe it is better for Jervis to have a Tyson than to have a, a, a Marissa. You know what I mean? Like, well, and, and yeah, because here's the thing: better, better allies because again at the end of the day if one of you wins you are you both win yeah well because the thing about those two is that within the tribe i don't think the rest of the tribe realizes that they've got this like because they even i think it was tyson even mentioned like we don't have a loved one so we're kind of becoming each other's loved one the rest of the tribe just thinks like oh well yeah i mean they're close but like tyson's also close with monica and, and jervis is also close with this person they don't realize that these two have become almost as bonded as, as a loved one would. So they're just looked at as like an extra number or whatever. When in reality they have a stronger unit because they have two returners in their loved one pair. Whereas everybody else is, is, is by themselves or they have a newbie or they, they have a, 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 a returner, but their returner isn't that strong. Uh, this is two formidable players that yeah. have strong bonds and they're, they're bonded together. And that, like, like you said, it goes back to 18 and even before that. When you've got two people that are that tied together and have the kind of skill set that they have, they can go very deep in a game. And obviously at least one of them does. Yeah. And I think that, you know, you really look at the season about it being the blood versus water theme and all this. But, you know, it's a certain point, like once your loved one's gone, you, you've got to go back to looking for who you can play well with. And in this case, man, these two are really strong. Um, but I think you're right. It does kind of get overlooked that they are becoming a loved one almost pair. But another thing that you got to think about is, yes, they're a loved one pair at this point because they they've, They've, they've kind of grown together in that way. But here's the key difference. If it comes time to cut one another, they can do it and not really feel bad because they're not loved ones. That's right. The, that's, the, that's the other part of it, too. Because if Monica and Brad came down to it, they're not going to want to cut one another. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. You know, uh, they could end up, they they up screwing. Well, Monica and Brad could end up screwing both of them because neither of them wants to screw the other. You know what I mean? Right. Like Tyson and Jervis, if, if, if it gets down to it and somebody comes and says, look, we got the numbers, Tyson, we got to vote Jervis out. Um, if you vote with us, you're safe because we're going to target so-and-so next. He's going to do it. But Monica yeah. is going to screw both of their games to avoid getting rid of Brad. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the difference is that they don't necessarily have, they've got the, close bond that you need to win the game but they also have that ability to backstab that some of the other folks don't um because you don't want to you don't want to have to backstab your loved one i mean we've seen it on multiple occasions uh laura m is a great example when she's up there and doesn't even want to want to win a challenge and she does but she didn't really want to have to face her daughter in a challenge and you know, if Jervis and Tyson face off in a challenge, do you really think that either one of them are going to pull punches? Probably not. No, no. So, yeah, man, this is shaping up to be a really good season. Um, I, I'm enjoying it so far. I'm, I'm looking forward to the next couple episodes. Um, so, yeah, good pick. Good pick. Yeah, it's been a fun season. I'm glad you're enjoying it. I mean, that's the, the big thing. Like, I've seen it, and I, I love it. It's one of my favorite seasons. Um, and I'm honestly like, I, I've, I've found this out with a couple of the ones that we've watched together. I've enjoyed it more watching it back a second time with a little bit greater understanding. Like some of these were some of the first ones that I'd ever watched, you know, when I went through it the first time. 
And I'm picking up on things because I'm a little bit more knowledgeable as a Survivor fan at this point. And I'm picking up on things like the arcs and the, you know, the things like the, like why those two might be a stronger pair because they're not loved ones. That kind of thing that I, I really didn't notice the first time of watching it through. And so, yeah, I'm enjoying this watch through as well. It's a, it's a fun season. Uh, it's, it's, again, I, I keep going back to this and I know we've talked about it a couple of times over these last couple of episodes is this theme continues to work its magic without it being hokey. And that is the best part of the season, in my opinion. Like, it's got great characters, got good casts, got, you know, all the great things that make a good survivor season. But a lot of times these themes really fall flat. This one has made it so much better. Like, if this was just a normal season of survivor, it wouldn't be as fun, I don't think. The theme has really brought a lot to the table because there's just a lot of additional strategy that they have to really think through when they make each decision. Because for the most part, if you've got a loved one still on the island, you're not just thinking for one person like you would in a normal season of Survivor. You're thinking for two, potentially three or four, depending on your alliance. Like, there's just a lot more complications that are involved with a season like this with a theme that works this well. And the other thing I like about it is that the Redemption Island twist, it lends itself well to maybe you don't show anything after the first couple of minutes. Because every episode, it kind of falls into a pattern where the first few minutes, they show us uh, the, the, the new person arriving on Redemption Island and that little quick interaction. And then we don't really see anything from Redemption Island. We got a little bit when it was John and Candace over there about how they were interacting, how they were strategizing. But, you know, I don't – when it's – Brad and John, I don't need to see much of Brad and John over there. Um, and we didn't see anything from Brad and John when they were over there after Candace went out. I, did I recall? Do you remember anything? No, I mean, they didn't really show a ton of those three interacting on uh, Redemption yeah. other than the, like, other than the initial, like, when he first got there. Versus when yeah. Rupert and Candace were there, we got, like, a full, like, five or ten minute probably closer to seven, somewhere in that five to seven range of them just talking about what Rupert and Candace were doing over there. And, and yeah, they're definitely whittling down the time that they show us redemption, which could be part of the edit because as crazy as it sounds, maybe they, they want you to know that none of those folks that are over there now are coming back. Or it could be that they do want to kind of limit your exposure, kind of how they did with Chris Underwood. Cause again, that was still a very effective editing tool because it, Chris and, and uh, EOE um, came out of nowhere because you hadn't seen a lot of them. Maybe that's another effective tool they're trying to use in this case is, you know, kind of keeping those particular things that are happening on redemption under wraps because you may be about to see a big run from somebody over there. Well, and I think that the redemption setup just lends itself so much better to that. Because with Edge of Extinction, particularly when they used it on Winners at War, it's like, my God, we got eight winners. We got eight past winners over there. Show us something. But when it's right. three people are over there and two of them are newbies and one of those newbies you don't really like that much. It or And really, there's never three over there. It's just two. So like this last episode when it was just Brad and John, we've seen Brad and John before. We know how they interact. We know what they're talking about. We know what they're doing. They didn't show us anything of just Brad and John. Once Candace lost in the in the redemption duel, we didn't see Brad and John that whole episode, I don't think. And that's but, fine. When you do that and there's eight past winners sitting on a second island and you, and you show them to us for two minutes, we feel cheated. But when it's just two newbies that really nobody really cares about that much, you cannot show it and it's fine. So it's just everything about this theme and this format I really enjoy it, and I'm looking forward to the next couple episodes. Yeah, I think I think personally, I think Redemption Island is a much better twist than Edge of Extinction, and I think this is why because you don't have to show it, and that's why. Like, if if Chris had been on a on a Redemption Island style season and come back and won the whole season, I would have felt more. I would have felt better about it because at least you know I saw him a little bit in the challenges. I saw that he had to compete his way through. It wasn't like, oh, he won one challenge and all of a sudden he's back in the game with an idol and And he's fed the entire jury for, for three weeks. Right. I mean and but we don't even know that. We don't even know that because right. they don't show it enough. And so right. that's one where like Edge of Extinction, you've got to show us Edge of Extinction for us to understand why somebody like Chris is gonna win over a Gavin. Um 
but in this case, like if if John were to come back in the game and win the whole game, I would feel like, okay, well, I saw what he looked like before he went over to Redemption. He he was a beast in the puzzles at Redemption, and he had a pretty good social game the whole time. You know, uh, once he came back, like it, you know, it just makes more sense. Like I I can I can I can get behind that better because I've at least I don't have to see a bunch of him. But I at least know he's having to earn his way on past. And it's not just he's had the jury for three weeks. Yeah. Like, and he's a terrible and, reason for somebody to win. And, and like Chris, it, and it's also it's also the reverse. Chris was able to build a secret rapport with the entire jury because they had no reason really to hate him. You know, like he fed them. And then the, at the end, they had one um, competition and Chris won. But Chris won in part because I think Joe had been handicapped by somebody or something. So like, yeah, they threw all the handicaps on Joe, right? There something like, like that. Three different handicaps that they were able to throw at him. And it was, he had, yeah, like, it was the knot, the knot was tied longer for him, and so yeah, it, it, was, it was something like that. So any, so either way, like they spent way more time benefiting and bonding with Chris than they did competing against Chris. Whereas with Redemption Island, every couple of days, you have to go compete against that person. And then somebody goes home. So he's not bonding with everyone. Even if you have somebody that goes to Redemption um, immediately after the merge and they stay there and then they finally get back you know, at five or six, they were only around each jury member for a couple of days. Maybe you have if, – if it works out, you have one person that they're there from – um, day twenty all the way to day thirty nine, and then and then that one. But you've only got one vote that way, and everybody yeah. else, you're you're the reason they didn't win a million dollars. Sure, they right. got voted off, but you're the one who sent them home. So I really think Redemption Island, like you said, is just a much better twist. But uh, anyway, I, I think that's all we've got for tonight, Justin. I'm looking forward to watching some more, and uh, we'll get back at it. Sounds good, bud.